Get Sleepy is a production of Slumber Studios and is made possible thanks to the generous support of our sponsors and premium members. If you'd like to listen ad-free and access weekly bonus episodes, extra long stories, and our entire back catalogue, you can try out Premium free for seven days by following the link in the episode notes. Now, a quick word from our sponsors. Welcome to Get Sleepy, where we listen, we relax, and we get sleepy. My name's Thomas, and I'm your host. Thank you for tuning in. Tonight's story is the third and final installment from our series exploring the historic neighborhoods of Rome. All three stories were penned by the wonderful and talented Alexandra, whom we're so lucky to have on the Get Sleepy team. Alex is from the UK, but she's been a Rome native for the last ten years, so these stories are very much inspired by her first-hand experience of living in this city that she dearly loves. And without doubt, that's one of my favorite things about our Get Sleepy team. We have producers, writers, and narrators from various parts of the world, bringing a wealth of great ideas and an eclectic mix of styles and experiences to the show. I'm certainly always learning new things every week when reading these stories for all of you to hear. And tonight is no exception, as we visit an area of Rome known as Monti. A little-known fact is that this is the neighborhood where Julius Caesar grew up. Despite its central location, Monti remains somewhat off the tourist trail, and everywhere you look, you'll find evocative traces of the past. In just a moment, you'll discover Monty for yourself. But first, I want to remind you that you can enjoy a completely ad-free listening experience by becoming one of our cherished premium supporters. We really do rely on the amazing support of our Get Sleepy Premium subscribers to keep producing new episodes week in, week out so it would mean the world to have you join us there, too. As well as everything being completely ad-free, premium listeners receive a whole host of other great benefits to make a good night's rest even easier to come by. For example, right now we have roughly 150 free episodes on the public feed, but on premium, you'll have access to our entire catalogue of over 550 full-length stories and meditations. Plus, every single Thursday, we release a new bonus episode exclusive to the premium feed. You'll also find a whole host of extra-long episodes, which is particularly good for those who like to listen right through the night. Speaking of which, this Friday we'll be releasing all three of our Rome neighborhood visits stitched together into a special 
long-length version. So, why not give Get Sleepy Premium a try this week? The first seven days are free, and you can cancel any time. For more information on all of our premium plans, visit getsleepy.com support, or just follow the link in the show notes. Okay, my friends, let's take some time to get nicely settled, ready for tonight's dreamy wander through Monty. Close your eyes, then take a deep breath in, and back out. As you exhale, imagine that you're leaving the day behind, letting go of any thoughts or worries. Breathe in and out and let go. This is your time to feel completely free of responsibilities. It's an opportunity to enjoy the splendor of your imagination, to follow along with our story and visualize the sights. Or you might simply allow my voice to be a calming backdrop without the need to pay too much attention as you drift off. Now that your mind is a little clearer and your intention is set on relaxation and rest, allow an image to form. Picture yourself standing in an Italian piazza. It's a pretty, bustling square, surrounded by pink and cream-colored buildings. At the center, right in front of you, is an elegant stone fountain It looks very old, like everything else in this city. Listen to the soothing trickle of water, which mingles with the voices of the people around you. Feel yourself becoming part of this place, and it's relaxed laid-back atmosphere. This is the Monte neighborhood in the center of Rome, and it's where our story begins.
for a moment, you close your eyes so you can focus on all the sounds. There's the relaxing flow of the fountain, the cheerful voices of the people in the square, and the hum of traffic from the road behind you. If you listen closely, you can pick out a buzzing sound coming from the engine of a Vespa scooter. The word Vespa means wasp in Italian, and it does sound a little bit like an insect. It's a hypnotic hum in the background. Then, you become aware of another, more melodic sound, piercing birdsong above you. On warm summer days like this, as the golden afternoon slowly blends into evening, you can often hear the calls of swifts. Their distinctive cries are part of Rome's tapestry of sounds, along with church bells and beeping horns. When you open your eyes, you see other birds in front of you, not the swifts who fly high above the rooftops. Perched on the edge of the stone fountain are a couple of pigeons and a large white seagull. Evening is approaching and the heat of the sultry afternoon has softened. But even at this hour, it's still remarkably warm. No wonder the birds have gathered by the fountain, seeking refreshment. You watch as the seagull sips water from the basin. Gulls are a common sight in Rome. It's easy to forget that the city is not far from the sea. In fact, the coast is only 25 kilometers away. But here, in the heart of the Monte neighborhood, it feels almost surreal to look at the seagull and think of the ocean. This area feels so built up, so urban, You're surrounded by buildings on all sides, and there's not much in the way of greenery. Despite this, and despite its location right in the city center, Monte is a relaxing place to be. It feels a little bit tucked away, protected from the hustle and bustle of the main streets. And 
although it's hardly a secret. Somehow, it's avoided becoming part of the main tourist trail. As you stand in the piazza, you can see a few groups of people who seem to be visiting from other countries. But there are also plenty of locals. Relaxing on the stone steps of the fountain are a group of young Italian women chatting happily. Sitting nearby are two young men who look like they could be university students immersed in a game of chess. The board is precariously balanced on one of the steps, just out of reach of the fountain's spray. You'd like to spend more time in this piazza, soaking up the atmosphere. Maybe you'll come back later. But for now, you're keen to explore the neighborhood and get a sense of what it would be like to live here. It's a relatively small area, and you don't have any particular destination in mind, so you're happy to wander without a map. You follow your instincts, strolling through the cobbled back streets that surround the piazza. In many ways, these streets remind you of another neighborhood you visited, Trastevere. Here in Monti, there are the same dark gray cobblestones. They're a little uneven in places, so you have to watch your step. Other aspects feel familiar too, like the narrow dimensions of the streets and the gorgeous colors of the buildings. Dusty pinks and sunset oranges. But unlike Trastevere, the streets of Monti are sloping. The name Monti translates as mountains, and some of Rome's seven hills meet in this area, including the Quirinal and the Esquiline. You're right in the middle of these urban hills, surrounded by stone peaks and valleys. You walk slowly through the hilly back streets, taking your time to look around. The streets of Monti sometimes offer unusual views or photo opportunities. You catch glimpses of dramatic flights of stairs sweeping curtains of ivy, and even some Roman ruins. 
at the end of one residential street, you spot a couple of gigantic marble columns, which look like they belong to an ancient temple. They seem to rise up out of the earth. It's a surreal sight, reminding you of a film set or a stage backdrop. This is a sensation you often experience when walking around the center of Rome. It's a beauty so dramatic, it hardly seems real. But elsewhere in Monti, there's a sense of normal, local life. Many of the buildings you walk past are residential apartments, the homes of modern-day Romans. There's an eclectic mix of businesses here. The shops selling essentials like food stand next door to trendy cafes, boutiques, and jewelry stores. Then there are the antique shops, crammed full of ornate picture frames and marble busts from floor to ceiling. You also spot a few artisans' workshops, which look as though they've hardly changed in the last fifty years. Peering through the dusty windows of one workshop, you catch glimpses of old machinery and pots of paint. Stuck to the walls are faded pictures of footballers alongside religious imagery. They're like quirky, homemade shrines. Beauty is everywhere you look. One intersection is especially picturesque. A steep, cobbled road appears to lead directly to an enormous church at the top of the hill. Long tendrils of ivy dangle over the middle of the street. The vines hang so low that they almost seem to touch the heads of the people who pass underneath. There are lots of pedestrians here, and a stream of scooters that putter up and down the hill. It feels a little chaotic, but somehow relaxed at the same time. Everyone moves slowly, taking turns to weave in and out. Parked on the street corner is a three-wheeled truck. This vehicle is an ape, 
which means bee in Italian. Just like the Vespa scooter, the engine of the Ape makes a distinctive buzzing noise. But right now, it's silent, parked at the intersection. The back of the van is open, overflowing with bright bouquets of flowers. There are roses, lilies, sunflowers, and countless others, filling every inch of space. You could almost believe that they were planted here, growing directly out of the truck. You often see these kinds of flower stalls in Rome. The florist parks in a central spot and spends the day selling potted plants and bouquets from the back of their truck. Now that it's getting late, you imagine the florist will be packing up soon and driving home. It must be a comical sight. You can picture the little truck buzzing down the street with all the plants and flowers swaying from side to side. As you pass by the flower truck, you breathe in deeply, inhaling the rich fragrance. The flowers smell so good, all mixed together like this. Continuing up the hill, you notice other scents, like cooking smells from restaurant kitchens. It's still a little early for dinner in Rome, but some places are getting ready for the evening. There are so many sights, smells, and sounds here, and you want to take them all in. Walking uphill forces you to go slower, absorbing one detail at a time, and allowing everything to sink in. You browse restaurant menus, peek through the windows of art galleries, and look at the list of upcoming events at a jazz cafe. Paying close attention to your surroundings, you notice a sign that most people miss. At the end of a long stretch of wall is a marble plaque. For some reason, it catches your interest, so you squeeze between a couple of parked cars in order to get a better look. The sign is a tribute to 
the boys of Via Panisperna. In the 1930s, there was a scientific institute on this street. A group of researchers, led by Enrico Fermi, made important discoveries about neutrons. Their research led to the creation of the first nuclear reactor. It's amazing to think about what took place behind this nondescript wall in this neighborhood. As you stand here, you imagine the team of young scientists walking along the street on a warm summer evening like this one. You can picture the group of men laughing and chatting as they head home after a long day at work. They must have known they were doing important work at the institute. But even so, they probably couldn't have imagined the far-reaching impact of their research. For a moment, you find yourself lost in thought, thinking of all the hidden history in this city. There must be so many other things to discover even in a small area like this neighborhood. While you were expecting to find traces of ancient Rome, you had no idea that there would be other layers of history, more recent, but just as intriguing. At last, you emerge from your daydream and slowly retrace your steps back down the hill. You want to stay in Monte for now, even if it means going up and down the same streets or occasionally walking in circles. From the map, you've seen that Monte is bordered by main roads, so you plan to avoid crossing any wide, busy streets. Earlier, you were intrigued by the glimpse of the basilica at the top of the hill, with its huge white dome. But you can save it for another day. So for now, you go down the hill and then up on the other side. Via Panisperna has an unusual shape, dipping like a V. After you pass through the lowest point at the intersection with the flower truck, 
you find yourself going uphill once again. Monty is a neighborhood of ups and downs, twists and turns. It's starting to get dark now, but perhaps dark isn't quite the right word. There's a subtle shift at this time of day, when the light fades and the blue hour begins. The sky becomes a deep, beautiful shade of blue, and when the street lamps come on, everything the light touches turns gold. As you explore the back streets, admiring the effects of the changing light, you notice a gap between some buildings. There's a tall iron fence in between, and just visible on the other side is an open space with some umbrella pine trees in the distance. You know you're somewhere near the southern edge of the neighborhood, but you're not sure what lies beyond the fence. Luckily, you soon realize that there's a way to find out for yourself. You notice a woman passing through a gate in the fence walking in your direction. Looking closer, you see that on the other side of the gate, there appears to be some kind of narrow path running alongside an old building. Intrigued, you go through the gate and start to follow the path. And then, to your amazement, you find yourself crossing an elevated walkway that hugs the side of the building like a winding balcony. To your right, you have a view of some ancient ruins illuminated by spotlights. There's a huge open space littered with chunks of marble and fragments of columns, similar to the famous Roman Forum. It feels strange to stand above the ruins, leaning on the railing of the walkway. It's as if you're on the deck of a ship, looking out over a sea of stone. The archaeological area seems to be bordered by a massive building immediately to your right. But from where you're standing, 
you can only see a part of it. There's a big red wall, the remnants of some ancient structure. You continue to the end of the path, so you can see the ruins from a different perspective. Curved around the space is an enormous red brick building with a row of arched windows. It looks like an ancient arcade. Perhaps this is the Roman shopping center you once read about. You check your location and discover that you're right. This is Trajan's Market, named after the emperor who ruled over Rome in the early second century. The multi-story building is believed to be the remains of one of the world's first shopping centers. There would have been apartments above the shops, just like in the modern-day city. This architectural similarity makes the past feel closer, like something tangible. You're happy to have stumbled upon the archaeological site in such an unexpected way, and to have found these magical viewpoints. It feels like entering a theatre through the wings, crossing the stage, and only then turning around to see the spectacle from the audience's perspective. This place is yet another example of how Rome feels like a stage or a set. The city seems to have been designed to impress and to reward anyone who explores its back streets and hidden corners. There's something dreamlike about the city, too. You never know exactly where you're going to end up, or what ancient ruin will surge into view. Next to Trajan's Market is another archaeological site, the Forum of Augustus. You walk closer to get a better look. The layout of the Forum of Augustus is similar to Trajan's Market. There's a large, open space strewn with chunks of marble. You can almost make out the remains of a temple, though all that's left are the front steps and a few white columns. 
grass grows among the ruins, and a seagull perches on one of the shattered columns. Strategically placed spotlights illuminate the marble, giving the surfaces a golden sheen. Referencing your guidebook, you read that this site was built under the orders of Emperor Augustus more than 2,000 years ago. The most important building was the Temple of Mars, dedicated to the god of war. Surrounding the temple were more than 100 statues. They were depictions of Augustus in military uniform and portraits of the emperor's noble ancestors. Roman emperors liked to show off, and one of the best ways to do this was through ambitious architectural projects, or through imposing statues which were placed throughout the city. But today, all that remains of the Forum of Augustus is a collection of marble fragments. There are no statues here anymore, and only the outline of the temple. It's hard to imagine that this was once a place of such grandeur, a symbol of the Emperor's power. Interestingly, the only structure that has survived almost intact is the gigantic grey wall on the far side of the Forum. Beyond this wall are the streets of Monti, where you were walking earlier. In ancient times, Monti was known as the Subura. It was a densely populated working-class district. The enormous wall was built in order to protect the Forum from the neighboring streets in more ways than one. The wall was made from blocks of fireproof stone. It kept the Forum safe from the fires that often broke out in the Subura neighborhood, where there were many wooden buildings. In addition, the wall isolated the Forum from the Subura, both physically and symbolically. People could enjoy the splendor of the Emperor's Forum, oblivious to the crowded, chaotic neighborhood that lay just beyond the stone boundary. The high wall acted as a kind of shield. 
you stand by the Forum of Augustus for a while, gazing at the ruins and reflecting on the changes of the last centuries. The Emperor's project lies in ruins, but it's impressive nonetheless. Meanwhile, the wall is still standing, but it no longer has a real function. It's just an evocative remnant of the past, a reminder of how things used to be. Eventually, you walk on, around the perimeter of the forum, until you're on the other side of the wall. You've now returned to the narrow streets of Monti. You're back in the neighborhood that was once the Sabura. It's strange to think that this was once a disreputable place, as it feels so safe and pleasant now. As you walk through the lamplit alleys, you find yourself looking at the faces of passers-by. You wonder about all the people who have lived in this neighborhood, then and now. Julius Caesar was born here and would have spent his early years roaming these very streets. Once again, you reflect on the sense of continuity in this city and the layers upon layers of history. It's easy to feel connected to the past here and to imagine that you could cross the street and travel back in time. But soon, the sights, smells, and sounds of the neighborhood distract you from your thoughts. The piazza with the fountain, where you began your journey, is now filled with people. Groups of locals and tourists gather on the steps of the fountain, while others stand throughout the square, chatting, eating, and drinking. Everyone seems to be in a good mood, enjoying each other's company. And even though you're on your own, as you pass through the crowds, you feel that you're part of the social atmosphere. The joyful energy is contagious. On warm evenings like tonight, most people choose to dine outdoors. 
you pass by countless restaurants filled with happy diners who are tucking into meals that look and smell divine. At a pizzeria, a couple share slices of thin, crispy pizzas. One is a capricciosa, a name that translates as capricious or whimsical. It's topped with tomato sauce, mozzarella, ham, mushroom, and artichoke. The other pizza has a cheese base with artfully arranged zucchini flowers and anchovies. Just looking at the pizzas makes your mouth water. Maybe you'll have one later. But a plate of pasta is tempting too. At another cozy-looking restaurant, you see a waiter serving up a portion of cheesy spaghetti. The customer looks delighted, and so does his dog, who sits by the table, looking up, hopefully. Walking in circles, you find yourself back in the central piazza again. In just a moment, you decide. You'll choose a restaurant for dinner. After all this walking, you feel you're ready to sit down, rest, and enjoy a hearty meal. But some instinct makes you walk just a little further, turning the corner and peering down the long street. This is one of the busier roads in Monti, leading out of the neighborhood. You'd crossed it before, but until now, you hadn't looked towards the end of the street. And now, for the first time, you see what lies at the end of the road. The Colosseum. It seems to rise out of the road, or to lie on the horizon. Lights illuminate the marble with a golden glow, contrasting beautifully with the dark night sky. This unexpected view takes your breath away. For a moment, you stand still, utterly transfixed. You knew the Colosseum was nearby, but you didn't realize that it was this close. 
if you followed this road to the end, you would find yourself standing right in front of the Colosseum. You'd be able to reach out and touch the cool stone of the walls. In this city, history is all around you. It's something you can touch, something you can imagine breathing in. You're aware of it everywhere you go, as you think of yourself walking in the footsteps of Roman emperors and all the other people who have lived here over the past millennia, leaving their mark on the eternal city. Your exploration of Rome has come to an end for now, but you'll always have the memories of moments like these. And when you go to sleep tonight, feeling tired and happy after your long walk, you know these images will pass through your mind. The sloping streets rising and falling like waves, the curtain of ivy hanging above your head, and the sight of a marble column, or even the Colosseum itself, shining in the darkness. These memories will linger in your mind tonight as you drift slowly, inevitably, into a deep and peaceful sleep.